price drop? Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. This special episode of Clear and Vivid, introducing you to our new friends at Curiosity Daily, is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Discovery. For more than 30 years, Discovery's global networks have been helping hundreds of millions of viewers understand their lives, their communities, and the world around them. From science and nature to food and lifestyle, and now the world's biggest sporting events and greatest names in travel and documentary films. The Discovery family proudly informs, entertains, and powers the passions that drive our planet. I'm Alan Alda, and this is Clear and Vivid, conversations about connecting and communicating. All right, Ashley, how much attention do you pay to the temperature when you go to sleep? Not a lot. I kind of keep my apartment the same temperature all the time, I think. Really? You don't make it colder when you sleep? No, I don't. I totally do, so that I can cover myself with blankets. That is a very cozy feeling, for sure. It is. And research shows that sleeping in a cold room could help boost your metabolism and make you burn more calories, even during the day. Ooh. Yeah. And it's because of fat. So, quick refresher on fat for all you non-fat enthusiasts out there. When you were a baby, you had two types of fat. There's white fat, and that stores calories, and that's pretty much all it does, actually. Uh, And then there's brown fat, and that's what you would call... That's Cody Goff and Ashley Amer, hosts of the podcast Curiosity Daily. It's a wonderfully bite-sized chunk of fascinating scientific tidbits. And their banter is a part of the show's appeal. It's their way of connecting to their audience. Cody and Ashley dropped into our Manhattan studio the other day to talk about their show and how they put it together. I'm more producer podcast side, um, and she's the managing editor of the whole website. I I do most of the content choices. Um, Yeah, and so the way that I will choose the things that we talk about are, I mean, some of it's kind of boring. It's the same way that any any publication might. You know, I I look through um, press releases and new studies and new discoveries, but um, one of my favorite ways to find ideas is just going about my day and finding those moments where I go, huh, I wonder how that works. Or Mm. I wonder what the history of this is, or why does this look the way that it does? That's great. So it comes out of your own personal curiosity. Yeah, a lot of the time it does. And that must give it a lift when you talk about it. You banter together a little bit, which is fun to hear. Yeah, we do. And actually, my first podcast was a video game podcast. And what I learned from that was... People would listen who 
didn't have any interest in video games. <laughs> they what, just wanted to hear human interaction. They did. They loved, and my friend uh, John and I, my co-host, we went back to second grade friends and they, <laughs> yeah. they could hear that that yeah. connection. So when when we started doing the daily podcast, I I knew people wouldn't, if Ashley, if Ashley and I were just narrators, they could listen to an ebook or they could go go read a manual somewhere on on something. But what they need is that human connection, and they would come back and and, and want to hear it if we're having fun together and people can hear that. So how uh, how would you describe your connection? Are you married to each other, or are you like Nickel and May <laughs> who are married but not to each other? I think yeah, it's it's uh, probably it's a work. He's my work husband, maybe. I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's we we just we're very weirdly similar in a lot of ways. You both play the saxophone. You're both curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You both have taken improv classes. I think you were made for each other. I, I think we got very lucky. Absolutely. <laughs> we get very lucky. It was a very lucky thing. But there are a lot of things we're opposites on. So what about when you disagree about something? How do you settle that? I big think we, si- big silence here. Wow. Yeah. I, I I've thought about this. I think we know when to pick our battles because we definitely we we have minor, very minor disagreements very regularly, I would say. And and it's over like a word. Like it's, yeah, very tiny details that that bring out a ton of passion in one of us. Well, can you give me an example of that? That sounds really fun. We just had this happen. Uh, the the uh, this week when we were recording, oh, it was a pronunciation of a word, and I pronounced it. Oh, it was it was the word anandamide, and and <laughs> it was the word what anandamide. It's <laughs> what does that mean? It's a chemical in your body. I can't even remember what it is now. Um, anandamide. I can't even parse it. it. it so how did you pronounce so, it anandamide? Yeah, obviously. I pronounced it anandamide, and and. We had decided, okay, is it is it anandamide? Okay, it's anandamide. So we recorded it as anandamide. And then when Cody was editing, he he looked it up one more time and he realized oh, it's anandamide. Oh no. And I was like, it's really not that big of a deal. It's 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 one syllable. And he's like, I gotta change it. Okay, there's one point in when we recorded where you pronounced it differently. So I'm gonna I'm gonna slot that in every other time you say it. And to me, it didn't seem like it was that important. But Cody, you know, this is his this he is the podcast producer. He wants to create the best product he can, which I totally respect. So he did that and it worked out. I also want to avoid uh, listeners that are sometimes can be a little pedantic with their feedback. Uh, is that the right word? Pedantic, yeah. I think. Yeah, it can be a little... Uh, pedantic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, who who get a little in the weeds and things. And, and th- hey, that's, that's their right. So what about criticism? Do you get criticism on the accuracy of your reports for because not everybody agrees with every study that's done. I'm talking about some scientists disagree with other scientists. Uh, do you do you get into uh, that kind of discourse with with your audience? We're very careful about our language, and I I think that it's important to always when talking about science. There's no absolutes. Yeah. We mentioned that in our conversation earlier, and, and we're like that. You know, we we say even even if there's a, a new study that uh, that says you might sleep better if you do this, we'll say here's a here's a life hack. 
Here's a tip. You might sleep better if you do this. You might, because not every person is the same. Not everything works for every single person. Even if a scientific study says this is going to work for 99.99% of people, there's going to be some variation in someone. So we're just careful about that. And we say, look, here's what the study is. Here's what it suggests. Here's a potential takeaway. It could help you in your day-to-day life, but we always say it could or it might. And As we know, science is always changing. Our understanding of things are always changing and evolving. So it's, I think that when you, when you put things the right way and not in absolutes, that, that kind of protects you and, and it's important to do in general. Yeah, we actually, when we started, we did it without scripts. We, we would just have bullet points of the facts and tried to just kind of do it off the cuff and talk about, oh yeah, this new study says this and this and this. And we got so many emails because when you're just talking off the cuff, you're not being precise with your language. Uh And um, So you said things that weren't necessarily correct. Right. And so we quickly learned that we needed to have everything written out and, you know, we can, we can banter within the script. We can uh, change up some of the ways that we say things, but for the most part, we need to be very careful about how we say everything we say. And you go back and forth in a, in a good way between the uh, the accurate script and the personalizing it. When you were talking about spending so much of your time communicating about science, let me ask you a question that you asked me when you were interviewing me for your show. Why do you think it matters to communicate about science? There are two reasons. One of the reasons is that science is just so cool and so beautiful and so inspiring and so moving that I feel like it's it's a shame that more people don't experience that. And you I want to bring my that to answer. Them. <laughs> 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 True, you said something very similar. But the the other reason is that to be an informed citizen of the world and of your country, you need to know what's going on and how things work. So I, I think I think on the one hand. It helps people enjoy life more. On the other hand, it makes us all more responsible people. What I think is important to communicate about science is some of the surprising things, like some of the surprising explanations for why something is. So we did a story one time about an island of snakes off the coast of Brazil, there's one snake in per square meter or something along those lines. And it's one of the it's some of the most deadly venomous snakes there are. So I guess the hotel rates are low there. <laughs> <laughs> pretty low, pretty low. So one could easily present that in any kind of podcast and say, look at this weird island of super venomous snakes that you never want to go onto. But then when you peel it back just a single layer, you say, why did they evolve to be so venomous. Like, yeah. They're not... Well, maybe because there are so many of them. <laughs> <laughs> right. A lot of competition. Yeah. But it turns out that it's because the um, they needed to be able to envenomate, to, to bite a bird and have it dead before it had the chance to fly away to mainland. Hmm. So that was like one of the, the reasons it kind of developed. And then you're like, oh, I just learned something about, you know, potentially the way an animal evolved. That has to do with with uh, the whole ecosystem of that area, and it just it it kind of makes you instead of looking at something from like a ten foot view, you're you're suddenly zooming out, and there's a five thousand foot overview. And once you communicate science in a way like that, that says 
not only can we tell you a cool story or not only can you think about how a cool thing happened, but also the reason is really interesting yeah. and kind of like this aha. I think that's a, a really valuable thing about science that's really difficult to, 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 to reach in a classroom setting, let's say, when you're in grade school growing up, because like your job there's to learn about stuff, but it's it, it's not always you know you're you're more in nuts and bolts and kind of in the weeds there. Sometimes it's harder or less obvious, less clear what the big picture is and what 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 those things are really helping you do. Like, and you've done something just now that we find when scientists do it after they work with us, uh, training to communicate, uh, is very helpful. Which is you've just told me enough to make me want to know more. You haven't told me everything there is to know about those snakes on that island, but now I'm I'm just pumped with questions. How did all those snakes get together on one island? What why did they all congregate? Right. Where did they come from? How far back do they go? What else is on the island? What do they have? do they only get to eat the bird that's stupid enough to land? <laughs> <laughs> I have a dock out in the country where seagulls like to drop crabs and eat them. And the dock is constantly covered with their refuse. So I put rubber snakes out to scare the seagulls away. The snakes apparently got in the way, so they moved the snakes over to another part of, <laughs> of the dock. <laughs> the birds, I get, some birds maybe worry about snakes and some don't, but I'd like to know more about your island of snakes. So you've been very successful at exciting my own curiosity, which is what your business is. It's great. Yeah. That wanting to know more is why Ashley just told me a story about why she got into science, really, with that story about what you were curious about in music school. Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, I have this this background in music, um, and I get asked a lot how I got into science, which is a just a I'm not even sure, but I, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> when I was a freshman in college, I remember asking uh, one of my teachers um, a question that he couldn't answer. And I thought, that's okay. He, you're a professor. Like, don't you have all the answers, you know? Um, and I, I, that question stuck with me for, through my undergrad, through my master's. And eventually, you know, I had to take a class in research and how to, how to research and, and, um, you know, write about uh, jazz, because it was a jazz studies program. And I I realized that, oh, this question that nobody has the answer to, I can get the answer. I can, I can find the answer and answer this question that no one has ever answered before. And that was intoxicating. Yeah, isn't it something? Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that was kind of the moment where I was realizing how cool just finding things out on your own really is. After a short break, we'll return to my conversation with the team behind the podcast Curiosity Daily. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. 
This is Clear and Vivid, and now back to my conversation with Cody Goff and Ashley Hamer. Let me ask you, you inflamed me with this question, which is a kind of an ordinary question, but it's just at the right time to ask this. Each of you, what's what's the most amazing thing you've learned doing your show about curiosity? One of the coolest things I have learned is about how smart plants are. Huh. You never think Wait, about... Wait, you mean I can't eat plants anymore? <laughs> I know, right? What am I going to do? <laughs> it's dwindling. <laughs> um, plants have nervous systems. They have alarm calls. Maybe not calls, but they, they, they pump out chemicals that warn other plants when a caterpillar is eating them. There's a vine that can mimic the leaf shape of the plant that it's climbing. And, and just there are such amazing things that plants can do. This thing that you just think is, you know, a decoration on your mantle. What about you, Cody? Ashley, keep me honest on this one. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the fact that women are actually colder than men. Colder? Didn't in, you, in didn't, what way? Wasn't that it? You mean temperature? Yeah. They yeah. run they run colder. What's the reason? There there are a lot of different things going on and um our blood vessels are thinner. I think our fat content has something to do with it. Um and also we're just smaller. Just just smaller um but I think a, a woman and a man of the same size, the woman is still going to be colder than the man. So to get more answers to that, we need to hear your show. We always end our conversation with seven quick questions. Are you both game for that? Absolutely. These questions really tend to apply to you in some ways more than to a lot of other people we've talked to. Like the first question is, what's the hardest thing you've ever tried to explain to someone? Oh, boy. I got to have music to play during yeah. this pause. <laughs> my, my grandmother, my mother's mother, was living alone in, I guess, probably her mid-70s, late-70s, and she had never used a computer before. And my mom got her a computer because she thought it might be nice to have her on Facebook. And I had to teach her how to use a computer. But what, what was the most interesting part of that experience and the hardest part to explain was helping her understand what a cursor is and how to move a cursor. It's the number one thing you take for granted with any computer. Like literally, the, just the concept of moving a mouse moves this cursor on the screen. Like think about how you would explain that to someone. So that, that was just... Um, very different for me. I had to improvise. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? So one of my, the proudest things that I do on Curiosity is explain really deep scientific concepts in a way that people can understand. But early on, things like quantum physics were very, very difficult to explain. But, you know, the reason for that is because I didn't understand them fully. Well, Richard Feynman said, if you understand quantum physics, you haven't been listening. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so I think I think if it's hard to explain, you just need to go back and, and learn more about it. Second question. How do you tell someone they have their facts wrong? I ask questions. Oh, how, and like what? Like, um, oh, oh, how, where did you hear that? Oh, and how does that work? And and let them explain the whatever it is that they're explaining and and let them find the gaps in the logic. Uh, how about you, Cody? I'll usually back off and just say, are you sure? Or, oh, I, I thought I heard differently. If I have a specific example, 
that contradicts what they got wrong, I'll I'll maybe throw that. But 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 my mom had that car that year. (laughs) All right, here's the next one. What's the strangest question anyone has ever asked you? This is the worst answer you're gonna get, but are you single? Uh, A woman in a bar asked me, are you single? And I was never, I don't think I've ever been more surprised to hear a question. (laughs) It just never happened to me before. And I I was like, what, why? Like, why would you ask me that? Clearly, because there's some interest. It was very weird. I'm yeah. so I wasn't are, a hot Cody, when I was are single. You, are, are you single? <laughs> I am. I am married now. I'm very happily married now. <laughs> what about you? Okay, I thought about this. Um, the strangest question anyone has ever asked me was uh, when I was about uh, setting up for a gig. I was dressed exactly the same as all the other men on the stage. Um, I was setting up my my instrument. And um, a couple comes up to the stage and calls me over. And so I go over and they say, excuse me, can we have a table? <laughs> Could they? <laughs> I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know. Here's one. How do you stop a compulsive talker? If you're in a group, turn to the third person and start talking to them. Ask them a question, which forces them to respond. A lot of times the compulsive talker will see the two of you engaging and they'll be so excited to go continue talking to someone else that they'll kind of float away. <laughs> you totally stole my answer. Did I? Remember, I was like, yeah, you pull in backup. You get you get someone oh, else Oh, you in told there. him the answer to this. <laughs> I did. Talking. We were oh. talking. I don't remember us talking. Well, that no, saves us both a lot of time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How do you start up a real conversation with someone you don't know at a dinner party? That's one I'm still working on. Yeah, really? Yeah, it's my my boyfriend is very good at starting conversations that are real. And the question that he asks people is uh is what's 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 something you're excited about? Mm. And that's that starts a really good question uh conversation. What have you been into lately? Is a good question, but that I mean the number one priority is just find a connection, anything, family, where you're from, are you into this? Band, this video game. Yeah. How about this? This is next to last question. What gives you confidence? I always like it when a scientist tells me that I explained something well. Yeah, that's good. That's That makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. How mm-hmm. about you, Cody? This is really cheesy, but my wife... Gives you confidence. Yeah, a lot of confidence. Mine does too. Every time I leave the house to go do something, she says, you're going to be great. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's really helpful. It is really helpful. Yeah, though. I thrive on it. Okay, here's an interesting one. We haven't asked many people this. The last question: What book changed your life? Honestly, and this is a controversial statement, but Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, because that was when I was still just a musician in school, and I was just music, music, music. And that was probably the first pop science book I ever read. And it changed the way I saw the world. It made me realize that, you know, not all was as it seemed. And and it got me further down the rabbit hole of what science could do for me. So what was there about it? What was the thesis that you latched on to? Well, Blink is about how people use their 
ex- people who are very trained in something can just use gut feeling to make a decision about something that's usually right. Once you've been well-trained, is that the idea? Exactly. Yeah. How about you, Cody? What what book changed your life? Can you think of one? I can. There's can one that you, you mention all the that, time. You can think of a book that changed yes. his life? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking that, too. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I would say it changed my life. How life, do you but... know what she's thinking? <laughs> <laughs> We've been working together. Wait, <laughs> what book was I thinking? Um, uh, the The Righteous Mind yep. by Jonathan Haidt. Yeah, you've had him on your podcast. Yeah, what about that changed you? It just shows you where morals come from, moralism, and and different types of that. And that that's so much. It's so much. It's a book about the core of what drives people. Those very very deep seated core motivations and how society impacts that. And once you understand that you understand, I think it helps you have empathy for a broader range of people because you understand that they're operating from completely different frameworks. It's a, it's a very good book for understanding that people come from very different places. Well, I sure have enjoyed our talk. Three curiosity-motivated people getting together. I loved it. Thank you. So for the next couple of weeks, you're going to be taking over our slot while we take a, a little time off and get ready for our comeback in the world of podcasts, are you, how, how are you how are you feeling about that? I'm pretty excited. I, I want to. Um, I'm excited to know how your audience likes our show. They Maybe. can't not like it. It's so good. Oh. What do you think? We just wanted to give you a little vacation. <laughs> you earned it. You deserve a break. I look forward to hearing the show when you're doing it for a couple of weeks. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. This has been clear and vivid. At least I hope so. My thanks to Discovery for being our presenting sponsor this season. All the income from the ads you hear go to the Center for Communicating Science at Stony Brook University. Just by listening to this podcast, you're contributing to the better communication of science. So thank you. For more information about the Alda Center, please visit aldacenter.org. This episode was produced by Graham Shedd with help from our associate producer, Sarah Chase. Our sound engineer is Dan DeZula. Our tech guru is Allison Costin. Our publicist is Sarah Hill. You can subscribe to our podcast for free at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. For more details about Clear and Vivid and to sign up for my newsletter, please visit alanalda.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Clear and Vivid, and I'm on Twitter at Alan Alda. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.